Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. John 13, verse number 36, the Bible says, Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, whether I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. I will lay down my life for thy sake. Uh, this evening, I just want to minister this, and this is a little bit in, in, in continuation or injunction of last week, but I would just want to minister the art of following, the art of following. Lord Jesus, I come to you this evening. I pray, oh God, every heart, soul, and believer, God, if we could turn our attention for the next few minutes, God, to your word. God, and if we could make ourselves vessels that would readily receive the word of God and what your word may speak God into our life pray God that you would help me tonight help me Lord Jesus to speak it Lord in a very plain understandable way and manner God let it be beneficial Lord Jesus to our lives I pray oh Lord Jesus today God that you're able to touch a heart and so I do not have the ability God to do that I can't touch a life I can't touch a heart I can't touch a soul but God your spirit can you have the ability to do that. God, I can't put that burden up on my shoulders. It's on your shoulders tonight, Lord. And I pray, Lord, we'll give you the glory and the honor for whatever it may be that you would accomplish, Lord, through this spoken word. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen and amen. And everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. The art, the art of following. For, for the better of three and a half years, Peter had followed the Lord. His initial introduction to the Lord was by his brother Andrew. Andrew had taken Peter to the Lord and had introduced him to the Lord. It seems as though, as the scripture records, that Andrew and another disciple that many presumed to be John were followers of the forerunner of Christ, who was John the Baptist. But John the Baptist, with all of his disciples that was under his care, had pointed them unto the Lord. And upon the endorsement of John the Baptist, that the Lord is the one that truly they should be following and adhering to, Andrew then very quickly picked upon that endorsement and this other disciple, and they began, the scripture says plainly, to follow the Lord. And Jesus took note, Sister McGee, I'll be going to John 1, 38, and, and, and Jesus denoted very quickly and took note of these two disciples as it were of John the Baptist but now of him that were following him and he asked them what their motive was why are you following me why are you seeking me and the Bible says then Jesus turned and saw them this is Andrew and this other disciple presumably John and he saw them following and said to them what Seek ye, they said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? Verse 39, he saith unto them, come and see. They came 
and saw where he, Jesus, dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. And so we understand very quickly from the scripture that Jesus takes inventory of who follows him. He takes inventory of who follows them. And I, I ask you the question tonight, why do you think Jesus turned as he was walking? What, what caused or provoked him turning to look around and look behind him? I submit to you this evening, it's because he could sense that he was being followed. The reason why he turned, the reason why he diverted his eyes from what was in front of him to what was behind him is because he could feel or he could sense that he was being followed. Now, I know that we, any of us, can uh, identify with the Lord in that concern. Have you ever been walking along the way? Seemingly nobody's around, but all of a sudden you just kind of feel like uh, you're being followed, whether it be while you're walking or even in your vehicle. You just kind of, you know, you're, you're peering over your shoulder, and the very thing that you feel many times proves to be true. Someone sneaking up on you, or, or someone may be following you in a vehicle, but Jesus is turning then and having attention on what is behind him because he can sense and he can feel that he is being followed. I dare to say tonight that it, it, it would to God we could provoke the turning of the Lord and the attention of the Lord our direction because we would be following him so closely and so intently. I would want to be a disciple of the Lord that follows him with such purpose and intent that he would turn my direction because he would sense that I'm hot on his trail. That he would sense that I am close and nigh and near with purpose, following his footprints and following his life and following his ways. How do we think this evening that the Bible even tells us in Hebrews 4, 15 and says, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. This is not a literally being touched by a hand that the high priest is feeling. This is not a being touched by the rubbing of a shoulder of another that the priest is feeling. But he's touched with feelings. He's touched with a sense. Amen. He's touched with the senses of their infirmities. And I know that stands in a negative sense, infirmities in our life. But if he can sense or feel our infirmities, I dare to say he can sense when he's being followed by somebody. He can sense whenever a church is following him. When people of God that claim to be Christians are following him, the Lord can sense that. And he can turn in our direction the question that he had for those disciples that he sensed were following him was this he's saying what are you seeking what are you after because anybody that followed the Lord seemed to be after something so what are you seeking what are you after what what are you doing and the question then that they brought back to the Lord was this they said where do you live Amen. What a relief it must have been for the Lord. Their response, if I could today, was not this. We're not here, Lord, for the loaves. And we're not here for the fishes. We're not here for a miracle. We're not here for money or fame. We're not here for any handouts. We just want to know where you live. And the Bible says they followed him to where he lived. And they abode right there where he lived. They wanted to live where the master lived. They wanted to live where he slept. 
they wanted to live where he ate. Amen. Following the Lord tonight is more than just a path that you follow. It is a life that you live. Amen. And I want to follow him today because I want to live where he lived. I'm not in this just for another miracle, although that's good. I'll take that. Not in it for another handout. No, Lord knows I received those in my life as well. But I'm following him in pursuit of him to try to emulate the life that he lives. Someone say amen. Amen. It was later then in the life of Peter that he received a personal call from the Lord. His first introduction, of course, was by his brother, but he later received a personal call from the Lord to follow him. And it was at that moment, Peter was, as I spoke last week, one of those that left his ship. He was one of those that left his nets in order to follow the Lord. He's one of those that left everything that was so familiar to him, commonplace to him, in order to follow the Lord. As a matter of fact, during Peter's lifetime, there were some times that he followed the Lord to some very intimate settings, some very intimate environments that seemed to be very peculiar and special only to a few because his appetite to follow the Lord opened a door for him and opened a door just for a select few other disciples to have some very special, amen, experiences with God because they were people that were very affectionate about following the Lord. And with all of this as a background of how Peter has followed the Lord, had special encounters with God as a result of following him to some intimate settings, you must realize tonight the surprise in Peter's voice when when Jesus told him, you cannot follow me now. Lord, your call and your beckon to me has been follow me. Your call to me has been, Lord, Peter, follow me. Walk in my footsteps. Walk in my paths. Peter even wanted to know, Lord, what's going on here? You're telling me you can't follow, I can't follow you now? Amen. Ah, Lord, where are you going? Where is this that you're going that I can't follow you to? Amen. No doubt my intentions are following God, but you're telling me not to follow you right now? you got to understand how astonished Peter might have been left with that phrase that you cannot follow me now, Peter. He must have been struck with awe. This just totally, just totally betrays everything that you have ever asked of me, Lord. Amen, that I must follow you. Amen, I followed you to intimate settings. Very few people have been able to go to those settings, but I followed you to those settings. Amen, you told us to leave all. And I left my ship and I left my nets. You told us to deny all and follow you and that is what I'm doing and now you're telling me I can't follow you only naturally the question then would come back from Peter as it would from any of us you're telling me not to follow you then I got a question why can't I follow you now why can't I follow you now ladies and gentlemen where the Lord was getting ready to go from that place was to a place that he had oft times described to his disciples. A place where he would be persecuted. A place where he would be beat. A place where he would suffer words of mockery. A place called Calvary is where he was headed. He told Peter, he said, you can't follow me there now. He said, but you will follow me there 
afterwards. Peter says, I need to know why I cannot follow you right now through the awesome eye of the Lord. Although Peter seemed to have a pretty pure relationship in following God, there were still some things in his life that wasn't quite up to snuff in order to follow the Lord to Calvary, in order to follow the Lord to his death. If I can say something tonight to us as individuals, and I believe it was one of the words, although not spoken in Scripture, but relate to Peter because he writes of it later in life, and that is this. You can't follow the Lord casually. You can't follow the Lord casually. Last week as I was exiting our house after eating, I uh, usually eat dinner and come right back to the church, and I was exiting, and my two children were already involved in a Christmas movie classic. I, that's already happening before the turkey's even dead. I don't know what's going on around your place. But they were already watching a Christmas movie classic, Home Alone 2. And there was young Kevin raiding his father's bag for batteries as they once again are racing to the correct date to board an airplane. And he is just casually following his father amen through the mass of people at the airport and he looks up from time to time and search amen to verify his dad is still in front of him but he isn't aware that as he's casually following his father and he's looking down and looking up that another man dressed similarly to his dad has come into his eye view and now he's being led to the wrong gate amen led astray as it were although he genuinely believes he's still falling the right individual amen there's something tonight there's some places you can't follow the Lord if you're having a casual following attitude because if you're going to follow him casually you'll be easily fooled you'll be faked you'll be taken for granted you, 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 you'll somehow lose your way if you take your eyes off him and divert it one way and think you can just cast it back up on him and be right where you were at and not lose any ground, not lose any focus. You can't casually follow the Lord. I believe Peter knew this. He learned this lesson in his life eventually. Amen. The Bible tells us in 2 Peter, Sister McGee, in verse 2, 2 Peter 2, verses 1 and 2, rather, Peter writing us in the book of Peter tells us of this lesson that he learned. 2 Peter 2, verse 1, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privately shall bring in damnable hearsays, even denying the Lord that bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And he says, and many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. He said there'll be many people that will follow the pernicious ways of these people whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Why are they following them? Because there are strategic voices in our world that had been in our church. Amen. And they're following them because they have followed in essence casually all along. They have looked and they've diverted their eyes and they came back and looked. Amen. And when we do that we subject ourselves to being fooled. You got to know what you know. You got to know what you cannot casually come in here and casually listen and casually say you're a Christian and casually say I believe the doctrines you need to know these doctrines because if you divert your eyes for a moment and look back you could find yourself following something that looks very familiar feels very familiar sounds very familiar but it's altogether different than what I'm holding right here in my hand 
You can't casually follow the Lord. Amen. Because whenever you do that, when you casually follow the Lord, the true can be substituted. The true, the true can be substituted. And there can be falsity now there. Amen. And you're none the wiser because you had a casual approach. You can't tell the difference. You can't discern any difference because you've had a casual following of the Lord. As a matter of fact, consider 2 Peter 2.19. Whenever Peter finally said this, uh, 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 no doubt he had been subjected to some of this in his life. He said, while they promised, speaking of those, amen, that follow the ways of the pernicious, those that are beckoning and calling to them. He says, they, those people that are beckoning and calling to them, down roads they should never travel or never go. He says, they promised them liberty. Well, that sounds like, that sounds like what I've been following. But that, that sounds like what I've been tracing after liberty yeah well they promised them liberty but they themselves are servants of corruption folks what are you saying I'm saying it will sound right but it won't be what it should be it'll sound just like what you were following but you diverted your eyes for a moment and you were taken by fool's gold sir by fool's gold ma'am because you had a casual walk someone say amen Amen. This is Peter. You can't casually follow or you'll be fooled with the fake. All the while, believing it to be the genuine. Here's Peter. Peter was the one that was quite boisterous. He's a Galilean. They're known as that. They're very just as a matter of fact type people. He was by all means a leader. He arose as a leader although he didn't always lead the direction he needed to lead. Uh, Peter was a leader even when he was going in the wrong direction. That's, 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 the, uh, uh, that's the problem of, of leadership. You can lead in the wrong direction, and you can lead even when you don't know you're leading. And Peter was leading, but he was leading people in the wrong direction. Amen. And so the Lord says, Peter, he says, you can't, you can't go. You can't follow me here. But Lord, where, where are you going? Why can't I? I can't follow you there. No, you can't follow me there. But you can follow me here afterwards. You can follow me here later. Where was Christ going? He was going to the cross. Peter even told the Lord, he said, Lord, I'll lay down my life for thy sake. He said, I'm sorry, Peter. Peter, you can't follow me here. Why? Because in the mind of God, he knew that but, but before the cock shall crow, he said, I know you're going to deny me three times. You, you still got some things in your following spirit and art of following that is not quite up to snuff. How can I follow you, Lord, then? How can I get to Calvary? How can I get there? i tell you how. Amen. We read in the scripture of really only one disciple that was there at the crucifix. That was John. Amen. That was John, amen, because Jesus from the cross even told his mother, he said, here's John. John's going to take care of it. God, John's going to see after you. All the other disciples, whenever the Lord was taken from the garden, the Bible says, amen, all inclusive, they all fled, and that's exactly how 
it happened. They all fled. They all dispersed. Peter, on the other hand, he's following from afar off, the Bible says. He's following from afar off. As a matter of fact, the reason why Matthew 26, 58 says that Peter followed from afar off is because he wanted to see how all this thing ended. He wanted to see how it was going to end. Amen. But the way that you follow the Lord to Calvary, the way that you get to where he told Peter, who had intimate settings with him, had followed him, could not go. The way that you get there is being a Simon the Serene. Because the Bible says as the Lord is leading out of the out of the city of Jerusalem and he's going to that place called Gotha Calvary and he's carrying his cross, which is usually the top, top cross beam of the cross. He's carrying that along the way. But the Bible says that the Romans enforced on Siren Serene said, hey, I want you to come here and I want you to carry the Lord's cross. Amen. As a matter of fact, some verses of scripture plainly said that he came, amen, and they laid the cross on him that he might bear it after Jesus. Now there's other, there's thoughts and feelings about that. Meaning that he bore after Jesus aboard. Jesus bore and then Simon bore. There's others though that say it's that he bore after Jesus meaning that Jesus held the forefront of it and Simon held the back part of it. He followed. He followed the Lord in bearing the Lord's cross. And whenever Simon the Serene, amen, bore the cross and followed the Lord, it led him to Calvary, a place that Peter even couldn't go. Maybe that's the reason why the Lord, in all the times he admonished his disciples, follow me, he usually did not leave out the phrase, and take up your cross, because you'll never make it to Calvary. You'll never make it to the death unless you take up a cross and follow me. That's the only way to get to where I'm going. That's the only way to get where he was going. You had to take up the cross as Simon did and follow him. And it will end up at Calvary. It's the only place that we can get to Calvary with a cross on our shoulders. Perhaps the ultimate, might I say, the ultimate impact and the ultimate effect, amen, of following the Lord should be Calvary. The ultimate impact, the ultimate effect of following the Lord should be Calvary. Amen. And so here they are. He said, I can't follow you. No, you will. You're going you're gonna to have a time. You will be able to follow me. But there's some art of following that you need to get down in your life, Peter. The Bible says in John 21 and verse 19, the last chapter of John. John 21 and verse 19. The Bible says, this spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, this is Christ speaking to Peter, follow me. Then Peter turning about, see if the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter seeing him saith to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Referring to John. Jesus saying to him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. What's happening here? Well, Peter has leadership abilities because in this same chapter, amen, the Lord has ascended already and Peter looks over at a couple of his buddies and says, hey, I go fishing. And the Bible says they went also. 
had leadership skills. Leadership, even when he didn't know it. He says, I go fishing. Hey, man, I'm going back to what the Lord called me from. And they said, well, we're going too. Leading perhaps when he doesn't even know he's leading. All this happens and takes place. The Lord is sitting on the bank. He has some fish on the fire. He asks those questions three times to Peter. Peter, do you love me? Thou knowest, Lord, that I love you. You know what the Lord's doing? He's testing his art of following ability. Testing his art of following. I know you said you would follow me whenever I was going to die, but I've died and I've resurrected. Now I'm seeing if anything's changed from the time that you denied me to the time that you repented. Are you going to love me? And he began to speak to Peter about Peter's own death. He began to talk to Peter about Peter's own death. He said, there's going to come in your younger years, you just go and do whatever you want to do. You don't have to be led. He said, but you're going to become older and someone else is going to gird you and they'll take you and lead you places that necessarily you don't want to go. That was a good picture of Peter. Peter the flippant won't just do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. But God said there's going to come a time in your life you're going to be led places that you maybe didn't want to go. And he was signifying concerning Peter's own death. And whenever he spoke that to Peter, he says, Peter, follow me, follow me. And you know what Peter said at that time? The Lord just rolling out every last little bit of imperfection in his following capability. Because whenever the Lord said, Peter, follow me, Peter says, what about John? Amen. This following thing is a personal thing. Uh-huh. It's a personal thing. Follow me, Peter. Peter says, okay, but what about John? Almost as to say, Lord, I'll follow you if John does. The Lord said, hey, listen here, Peter. If I, if I have John, amen, remain here until the end of time. If I have John, remain here, amen, until all these things come to pass, Terry, till I come. He says, what is that to you? That's nothing. Follow me. You can't somehow be in you. Keep your life on hold for God because somebody else has their life on hold for God. Who cares what he's doing? Who cares what she's doing? You better follow me. I'm beckoning unto you. We got to do it, folks. We can't wait till the planet's just getting in line. We can't wait even into a relationship, husband, wife, and relationship till both of us get on the same page, so to speak. We got to follow the Lord. We got to follow the Lord. What is that to you in the grand scheme of eternity? Nothing about what they do. You got to do what you have been beckoned to do. Follow the Lord. What about so-and-so? That's not your concern. But that's a good way to deflect what's being spoken to you. Anytime God is addressing you, it's always a good deflection mode to then start asking God, well, what about such and such? Well, such and such isn't in the limelight right now. God's got you in it. I don't want to contend with what he's talking to me about. Let's talk about what somebody else has got going on. What is that? That's, that's somehow just trying to hone our skills and hone the art 
of following him. Amen. But whenever he speaks to me, let him speak to me personally because this is a personal. The Lord, the Lord, yes, overall, he calls us as a church to follow him. But that call goes down to an individual level. That if this church as a building dissolves and is not, I hope that you can still follow him. I hope if certain relationships that you have in your life discontinue their journey for the Lord, I hope you can still follow him. Oh, yes. If others turn around and say, well, that's not for me anymore, I hope you don't tuck your tail and run too because you were joined to them at the hip in your pursuit for God. No, no, no. Know him for yourself. Know him for yourself. They're not standing in judgment next to you and say, Lord, I think you should let him in. No, you're standing there for yourself. Someone say amen. Jesus told us, he said, I've given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. We can't conveniently follow the Lord. We can't conveniently follow the Lord. And just jump on a new trail whenever it is garnished and embroidered with something that's more appealing for the moment. Gehazi was a servant to Elisha. A servant to him. He followed Elisha. Almost to the same tenacity as Elisha had followed Elijah. In order to be groomed for that position of a prophet, you stayed close to the prophet. You ate with him. You slept in, you slept in the same uh, corridors that they had. You ate what they ate. You shared the same experiences in order to be groomed for that place. And so Gehazi was, 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 was very desirous then of that, felt the call of that upon his life. So he followed Elisha wheresoever he went. What he ate, he ate. What he experienced, they both experienced. Amen. And so up until one day that there was the grand miracle that took place in Assyrian's life by the name of Naaman, who was a very good man, honorable man, captain of the army, yet he had leprosy. And Elisha had asked him to dip seven times in the water and he would be made clean. And after this was said and done and the miraculous happened, and Gehazi witnessed that, they experienced that together, that Naaman spoke unto Elisha and said, Elisha, he said, I can give you some garments and I can give you some shekels and I can renumerate you for, for what has happened right here in my life but Elisha was going to say hey it's nothing that I did personally it's the God of heaven that have done these things I don't need any of these things just go on on your way and be faithful unto the Lord just go on your way you know what hope happened in that moment of time here's Gehazi that has a impure following of the Lord a impure following in relationship with God that caused him to want to ride the wave of convenience uh-huh rather than staying where Elisha was at, amen, abiding by the word that Elisha gave, saying there does, nothing needs to come our way here. It all belongs to the Lord. The Bible tells us that Gehazi followed after 
Naaman. He followed after Naaman because he seen a, a, a mode or an opportunity of convenience. He seen gold. He seen silver in 2 Kings 5. He seen garments that he could get in the exchange. And the Bible says as he followed Naaman, amen, that when Naaman saw him, running after him. Let me tell you, if Naaman is going this way, listen to me again, folks. If Naaman is going this way, there must have been something that indicated in Naaman's life that he was being followed. And he seen Gehazi coming, and he got down off of his chariot, and he went out to meet him. Someone say amen. And the purpose for Gehazi going that way is that he said, well, you know, we had a few servants come after you left and we need some changes of garments and we need some shekels. When all in reality, he just wanted all of that for himself. And he took that. What happened? He was just following the prophet, the room of a prophet, just out of convenience when something better, more and more spectacular, to his eye came alone. He was ready to jump ship, jump paths, jump ways. It was just a matter of following out of convenience. Can I tell you though, whenever he went after Naaman, Naaman sensed that he was coming. Not only that, he got down off his beast and ran to him. Folks, let me tell you something tonight. If you ever jump conveniently to another path or another avenue, they likewise can sense whenever you're following them and they'll turn in your direction and run towards you bearing gifts someone say amen you know what the last words though Elisha said where have you been where have you been Gehazi I've not been anywhere I've been right here where you've been uh huh did not my heart go with you whenever you left the house my body might not have but my heart did did not my heart go with you he says you want you want everything of that convenient route and convenient way fine the leprosy that was upon Naaman it's going to come upon your life oh the price of following conveniently someone say amen the price of following conveniently Peter you can't come where I'm going right now but Lord, I said, I'll follow you. That's all right. You can't come where I'm going right now. But Lord, I've been in some intimate settings with you. That's fine. You cannot come where I'm going right now. What are you looking for, Lord? I believe to a certain extent, the Lord was looking for what Naomi found in Ruth. In Ruth 1, verse 16 and 17, whenever Ruth is going to return home with her mother-in-law and go back to Bethlehem of Judea, Ruth 1.16, she's going to follow her mother-in-law. Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go. I'm going to follow you. Where thou lodgest, I'm going, to, I'm going to lodge where you lodge. Thy people shall be my people. Man, that's great. Thy God, my God. Man, that sounds like a pretty good resume just like Peter would have had. God, wherever you go, that's how I'm going. I'm going to follow you. Your people, my people. I'm doing it, Lord. Uh, don't entreat me to leave you. I'm going to go. I'm going to do this. But there's something else, amen, that she tacked on there and followed through with in verse 17. She said, where thou diest, will I die, and I will be buried. What are you saying? What are you saying, Ruth? She's saying, wherever you go to die, 
That's where I go to die. And the Bible says that whenever Naomi learned and understood that Ruth was steadfastly minded, she did not say another word to her trying to deter her not from following her because she said, this girl said, she'll die where I die. That's what God was looking for with Peter. He was looking for someone that would follow to intimate settings, but ultimately looking for someone that said, God, if you're going to Calvary, that's to Calvary. Calvary's where I'm going. If you're going to go to Calvary, take Calvary where I'm going to go. If that's where flesh is going to be judged, that's where my flesh will be judged. At Calvary. So I'm going to have to close swiftly because my battery's about to die. That's okay. <laughs> Note to self, make sure your battery's charged. So the heart of following the Lord is not just believing, as we spoke last week. It's not just that. But it's also the ability to ride it out to its finality, Calvary. Because, see, where the Lord went at Calvary was even against what he wanted to do. Father, if it be possible... Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine will. See, following the Lord will transgress your human will. Oftentimes, following the Lord will transgress your human will. You don't always get what you think you want. But you'll get exactly what you need. So he's having that little powwow, and I'm closing if you'll stand with me. He's having that little powwow with Peter before he ascends into the heavens. I'm asking him if he loves him because he's putting Peter's following capability on trial just one more time. He's working out any last imperfection or impurity that might be within the following capacity or ability of Peter. Peter, I know you've, you've given me a lot of words and a lot of accolades and you have went to bat and you have done this and that. He said, but I need to know. I need to know if this means this is not something you'll casually do that you understand that this is not a means of convenience. If you understand that where you follow me, you are going to have to die. <laughs> that where you're following me, I can't have no part of people, no, no part of Peter still living when we get there. Because I have a tendency as humanity, there's certain aspects and parts of Paul that I like to keep alive. God says, uh-uh, not if you're following me. You're following me somewhere where you got to completely die. You got to completely sell out. You got to completely surrender. It'll happen at Calvary. It'll happen at Calvary. But Peter, when you get there and you die, there's going to be something else that resurrects. There's going to be something else that's going to impart new life. 
and you'll become a new creature. Hallelujah. But you got to trust me. You got to follow me there. I don't know if you're quite ready for that yet, but we're going to we're going to hone you and we're going to work on you and we're going to whittle on you. And we're going to make you so caught up and so so just enamored with following me that as other things pass by that you don't even give a slight shift of eye to them. They will have no meaning or no true purpose for you because you are so captured by following my every footstep that that doesn't even come on the radar in your life. If we can bow our heads in this place, God is looking for a people in this hour and this day that will follow him without looking back and without looking around. He's looking for a people that will follow him without having to give consideration what their dearest friend is doing or what this relationship they have connection with or doing, that they'll follow the Lord in spite of whoever or whatever else because this is a personal relationship. It's a personal relationship that you won't follow the Lord casually. You won't follow the Lord casually. You won't drop your eyes and then lift them back up and make contact and then divert them and not make contact. That you will not be easily swayed or easily distracted, but you'll stay concentrated upon what needs to be concentrated upon. It's only His footsteps that will lead you to the end. It'll lead you home. Not conveniently. Because let me tell you, there are many inconveniences that you will meet in this life of, of Christianity. But that's not what it's about. In those moments of inconvenience, you got to ask yourself, who am I following? I'm following the Lord. Who am I following? I'm following Christ. I'm following the one that have beckoned me. And remember from last week that if he has called you, even if you find yourself in dire straits, he can deliver you out of it. But you got to remain following him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These altars are open. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.